song's called Freedom. I thought about you, long brown hair, all dressed up, ready to go somewhere, and it was a summer day. A big smile on your face. I thought about her almost too. How would mommy explain the hell daddy went through while he was gone away? I wondered what you'd say. But when I came to, I felt that desert heat. And I saw bullets landing all around my feet. I was laying face down in my own blood. And that's when my best friend showed up. I never thanked him for saving my life And for never leaving my side I thank God for making men that brave For sending one my way that day I saw no fear in his eye As we took fire from all sides Well, he gave his life so I'd be saved And that's one price he was proud to pay for my well, I teared up when the plane touched down He finally made it back to his hometown It was a long, long way from where he fell that day Their friends and family and As I looked around All eyes were on me Not knowing what to do Well I tried to stand And salute When I saw that box Covered with that flag It took all my strength Took everything I had Not to hit my knees And call his name Someone tell me this young man Didn't die in vain Cause I never thanked him for saving my life And for never leaving my side I thank God for making me that brave For sending one my way that day I saw no fear in his eyes As we took fire from all sides Well, he gave his life so I'd be saved that's one price he was proud to pay for my freedom. They fought in desert sands, off in foreign lands. They fought in the jungles down in Vietnam for your freedom. Fathers and brothers, sisters and mothers, husbands and wives, all fighting for the love of freedom. When those towers fell and crashed through the ground, they were the first to load up and leave their hometowns in the fight for freedom. Oh, won't you let freedom ring? Let freedom ring Won't you let freedom ring
honor of you who have served and in honor of Corporal Jeffrey Johnson from Tomball, Texas I said God can use any song he wants and he will put it right where he needs it I got word from a friend of mine not too long ago I wasn't sure how his father felt about this song because I never asked but she told me she said you know his dad will put this CD in, turn it up as loud as it'll go, and drive by the cemetery in Tomball where his son is buried. That's powerful. Music has power, and God will use it to reach all of us. Thank you for your service. guys just stay where you are for one minute amen hallelujah god is good thank you jesus for today thank you already this morning amen say it's been good to be in the house of the lord when brother joe was 21 years old he signed up for the Navy. He spent 25 years of his life in the Navy. I told him I had a dream, a vision that God had laid on my heart. And I needed his help. Joe is the most humble servant I've ever met in my entire life. If you young people are looking for a role model, if you young Christian men are looking for a role model, Brother Joe Biggs is that role model. I said, Brother Joe, I had a, a vision. I had, a, I had something that God gave to me in my sleep that maybe that we could come together this Memorial Day and maybe you would look like you did that day when you were 21 years old and you didn't know what tomorrow hold, but you just trusted God to hold tomorrow. And Joe, would you shave your face for all of our fallen soldiers who died for this country? I told him that yesterday, standing by that air conditioner out there. I said, you don't have to, but it's just a vision and a dream that I have. And he just started crying. 
And you know what he's crying about? He's crying about all his friends and all his loved ones that he knew gave their life for this country. Tomorrow we celebrate Memorial Day. Many people see it as just a three-day weekend. But for those who have lost someone because of war, military actions, it, it's much more than a day off. For Rex and all of you that served and Brother Joe and Dusty came home last week from the military and got to come back to church. It's more than just a day off. In fact, every American ought to recognize that this is a patriotic duty to stand up for our country because America will only be what we make it. If you want it strong, then we have to make it strong. If you want it free, then we have to defend it. And I believe that this nation is worth fighting for because men and women have died for this country. We have the right to preach God's word today. Brother Joe, thank you so much, my friend. Would you bring the flag this way? And I'd like to honor all those by doing the Pledge of Allegiance this morning. Brother Noyce, would you come and lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance, my brother? Praise God. Give, give Joe Biggs in America a big round of applause. Thank you, Brother Joe. Thank you, guys. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated this morning. Amen. If you walked up on the street, you wouldn't recognize him. I want to say to you, that's the first time since 1997 that Joe has shaven. And he did it for this church and for you. Give that man and for the ones who gave their life for this country. So I ask you this morning to leave all the jokes alone. Because what he did wasn't funny. It was awesome. Amen. And what else is awesome this morning is I have my friends, Robert Kim from R3 Ministries with us this morning. Give them a big round of applause. <laughs> Robert Kim, Robert Kim, God just laid it on their heart to step away from the church that they were serving at and to start a ministry that would help other couples. And this little video that I'm about to play is going to talk about that. And then I'm going to pass the mic to Brother Robert for a few minutes, and he's going to explain to you about our three ministries. And then we're going to take up on our series on pride. Come on, somebody. I said on pride. Amen. So watch this video real quick, guys.
I grew up in a home uh, that was really Turn it full up. of fighting. My father was an alcoholic, he was physically and verbally abusive. We got married not really knowing how to be married. I felt like that my true value was to provide an income. I did all the activities with the kids, uh, a lot of times without him, because he would get tied up at work. I felt like a single mom. My goals and my family's goals, my wife's goals, were completely different. And what I didn't see is that little kingdom that was built there was crumbling. And over time, through the loneliness and lack of communication, we became unfaithful to each other in so many areas. From the outside, our marriage looked uh, fantastic. But on the inside, it was coming apart at the seams. ourselves in a place that we really didn't feel like there was any hope. Mm -hmm. But the great news is, is here we are 19 years later uh, with a marriage that really is better than we would have imagined. And it took time. It didn't just happen overnight. Right. It took work. We had a lot of people invest in us and multiple uh, friends and pastors who mm -hmm would speak positive into our marriage and not draw lines of who is right, who is wrong, but really speaking life into our marriage. And that's really what we needed at that time, is someone to say there is hope. And there is. There's hope for every marriage. We are living proof of that hope. As we were praying, when God was laying all this on our heart, there were three words that kept coming to us. And it was rescued, redeemed and restored. Yeah. God rescued us. That's right. He redeemed us and He restored us. Yeah. And so that's where R3 comes from. R3 does men's retreats, women's retreats. We help local churches uh, in supplying places where they may need a pastor. Uh, whatever we can do to be a blessing to the local body, uh, R3, that is a vision that we have. Mm -hmm. If this story resonates with you, then we would love to have you as a part of our marriage class. So if there's anything that we can do for you, we'd love to see you at one of our events soon. Amen. Give my friends Robert and Kim Stokes a big round of applause this morning as they come tell you a little bit about our three ministries. Bless you guys. I love y'all so much. Love you, brother. Amen. Good morning. What a great church service this morning. It's such an honor, uh, Pastor Mark and Mary, to have us come. And uh, Memorial Day means a lot to us. Uh, my dad was a sergeant 
during the Korean War, and he's buried at the Veterans Memorial Cemetery. So I'm just so thankful for all the men and women. And Rex, wow, I heard that song a month or so ago, and it was even more powerful today. So we're thank thank you all for for letting us come and spend a little bit of time with you. This is my oldest daughter. I mean, my wife. I'm married so far over my head. Out kicked the punt coverage on this girl here, and so she's going to share with you just a little bit. Good morning. You know, Robert reminded me the other day that Memorial Day is really a special day for us too because 19 years ago. Memorial Day was when our marriage blew up. Wow. 19 years ago, we were going through all that, and today, God has us here to tell you that if you're having trouble in your marriage, even if you're not having trouble, maybe you just need to enrich it. There is hope. There's always hope. We serve a big God. It says all things are possible through Christ. So we have a passion for marriage. You know, God has a passion for marriage. It's one of the covenant relationships. It's not a contractual relationship. And why was our marriage in trouble? I really didn't understand it, but I started seeing myself in a lot of men. So I was talking with some guys, and I, do, I did this a lot for eight or ten years. Their wives were going through a post-abortion or a sexual abuse Bible study, and I would visit with the spouses, the men. And It's amazing us guys, man, when we talk about our trucks and our horses and our guitars and what education that we have and the tools that we've got and the land that we live at or the house that we have or the camper. And then I asked him a question, Pastor. I said, what about your marriage? What have you invested in your marriage? Have you been to a seminar? Have you been to a class? You read a book? And I found that I had a lot in common with them because over an eight or ten year period, almost zero men had done anything to improve their marriage. See, guys, when it says mama, if mama's not happy, no one's happy in the house. You heard that? Everybody's heard that, right? Well, that has to do with us. We set that pace. We're the priests of the home. It's a big responsibility. Christ said, love your wife like Christ loves the church. That's a big job. But guess what? It's a great job. It's a wonderful job. And so we want to partner with you guys. We're so thankful Pastor Mark and Mary has made that available. Uh, the class is going to start here June the 9th. Uh, normally it's a couple of hundred bucks to take care of all of the printing and all that, but I think we're able to do it now for $125. And, and uh, we're going to spend seven weeks over here on Tuesday, and we're excited about it. We know God's got huge plans uh, for this church and the, and the married couples that are in it. So we're so grateful for y'all. Thank you so much. Praise God. Amen. Let me just say this to you right now. 
$125 is nothing to save your marriage or enrich your marriage. Me and Mary plan on signing up ourselves that we may be able to go through the course and maybe be able to help some of you further down the line if something were to happen. I want to say to you right now, do not let money stop you. Even just get signed up. There's a table at the back of the church that they'll be at. Uh, it, classes are open for the first 20 couples, and then after that, we're just going to keep rotating. But it's also open to the public, your friends, family that may go to other churches, that may live somewhere, and you know that your aunt or uncle's struggling, and they're about to get a divorce. Reach out to them. Sponsor people. Did you hear me? I said sponsor people. I mean, I, I promise you, if you need sponsored, we'll get you a sponsor here, because your marriage is valuable to Jesus. The Bible says, till death do us part, and he meant it. So I want to encourage you guys to sign up right after church. Robert and Kim are some of the best people I know. They love Jesus with all their heart. And I also want to put a plug in for his men's Bible study. It's at Big Sombrero. I don't have a sombrero on, but I got a cowboy hat. But me and Brother Rex went last Thursday morning. Thursday morning's at 7.15 at the Big Sombrero in Montgomery. He has a men's Bible study that any man is open to go to. I think it's $9 for breakfast. And then, man, it was amazing. We got a lot out of that last week. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 7. Got my Bible? Got my Bible? Amen. God's good. Touch three people and say, I'm glad you're here. We started a Bible study. We started a Bible, we, we started a series called The Problem with Pride. I, I refuse to keep building this church and let people get their pride in the way. I refuse to keep building God's kingdom. And we have men and women that help us that are full of pride. So I started thinking, well, I'll start at the top. I'll do this series on pride that will be for me that may help someone else. Because I don't want any pride in my life. I've been spit on. I've been pushed. I've been punched. I've had a lot of things happen. But as I grow up, I started thinking about, I'm talking about growing up spiritually. Somebody, somebody hear me. I said grow up spiritually. God does not want you to be a spiritual baby the rest of your life. And one of the things that causes people to become and stay there is pride. They think that they're better than everybody else. They act like they're better than everybody else. What causes more problems in marriages and in families and on the job and in the church today is pride. Don't touch my stuff. Leave that alone. Don't touch me. Everything I got belongs to God, and you're welcome to it. You're welcome to it. But pride is a selfish behavior. It's all about me, 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 me. And your nose sticks so far up in the air that when a bird flies, he's going to make a nest up there. Because of pride, it looks down on other people. It makes people feel like you're beneath you. God didn't make 
junk and he don't make trash and he don't make mistakes and you're not junk, you're not trash and you ain't no mistake and I don't care what's labeled you that. I'm here to tell you that Jesus don't make mistakes. Y'all hear something this morning, this is good stuff. Proverbs 16, 8. I'm going to just recap what we learned in the first week. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. There's a very dangerous sin that is, in my estimate, is doing more to hold revival back in America because revival needs, there needs to be a Billy Graham right now. Hear me now. There needs to be a Billy Graham right now come out of this church. There needs to be a revival breakout right now out of this church. Well, how do I do it, Brother Mark? You go home and you have revival. Start in your home. Get, get alcohol out of there. Get pornography out of there. Get anything that's not of God out of there. It's ruining this nation. It's causing Christians to fail and to be defeated. It's filling hell faster than any other sin. And that is the sin, my friend, of pride. Pride is a deceitful sin. Some people who have pride issues, they don't even know they got pride issues. Huh? Am I preaching? Are y'all listening or what? Y'all sleep? I've been here since 7 o'clock sucking water out of here, so wake up. Pride causes people, they don't even know they got it. They, they, it causes them to look down on others, to think that they're better than everybody else. It's a deceitful sin. And, and, and a proud person, sometimes they think they're humble. But they're really not humble in their actions. They think in their mind that they're humble if I do this or they're humble. But in all reality, they're doing it for their self. They're going to see what they can get out of it. Well, if I'm nice here or if I'm polite there, if, I, if I'm humble here, maybe it'll elevate me. I, I tell you, some of the best pictures I see myself in today are the ones you can't see my face. I say this from my heart today. When I leave this earth, I don't care if anybody ever remembers Mark Grimes, but just remember Jesus Christ. Just remember Jesus Christ. When you learn to become humble and you start making things about him instead of you, it don't matter about, about our name or our title or our position. God put us in those places that we might be able to honor him one day. Somebody hear me today. What is pride? Pride is an attitude of independence from God. Do you know why people don't pray? It's because they, they, they have too much pride. They think they can fix things on their, on their own. A proud person, what do they look like? They become irritated when they're corrected. Do you all know anybody, if you correct them, they're always agitated? Don't point at him. A proud person, you can't correct them. You can't tell them anything. They're hard-headed. They're stubborn. They get mad all the time. And, and I'm not talking about joking like we joked yesterday. I, I'm talking about just being upset because you tell them that's the wrong way to live. Anybody ever witness to somebody and tell them, man, them drugs are going to kill you. That alcohol is going to destroy you. But they don't want to take that correction. It's because of pride. A proud person accepts his praise for things that she or he cannot control. A proud person will not admit that they got mistakes. Hey, it took a lot for Kim and Robert to put this video together and say, you know what, we might look good on the outside, but man, we made a lot of mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes. And you know what, we're going to humble ourselves and we're going to help other people who maybe have made some of those same mistakes that we made. It takes a lot to admit that I've been to prison. It takes a lot to admit that, that Noah hadn't always been the greatest dad. It, it takes a lot to admit, you know what, I'm, I'm not perfect. 
but God loves us anyway. But people that make mistakes, they don't want to admit them. They don't want to admit them. It's like a kid that just stuck his hand in the cookie jar and he ate an Oreo. And you said, did you get a cookie out there? And he says, I didn't do anything. But they got Oreo all over their lips. <laughs> you know that that person is guilty. You know that they've done it. It's all over their face. It's all over your actions. But you don't want to admit you make mistakes. A prideful person says, no, I'm perfect. A prideful person refuses counsel from other people. Pride often shows itself in competitions with other people. Pride does not want more. Pride wants what everybody else has. Pride defiles God is what we learned last week in our first week. Pride defiles God. That, that means in English for you, this will be easy to understand. Pride is shaking a fist in God's face. It defiles God. It's saying, God, no, God, no, God, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to hook up with her. I don't care what you say, God. I told my son one day, I said, boy, you will not be unevenly yoked on my watch. Because pride defiles God. It's shaking a fist saying, I'll do whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want. We learned that, that the number one thing on God's parade that he hates is pride. The Bible says a proud look. Why does God hate pride? We learned last week that's what Satan was and why he got kicked out of heaven. Satan was angel of the morning, the most beautiful angel of all time. But then he decided not to bow down to the Lord. And you know what happened? God resisted him and kicked him out of heaven with all the demons that followed. We learned that last week. Friends, listen to me. The holiday for Satan and his kingdom is, is pride. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, it says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We learned last week that if we would just, we would just learn to honor God and give our lives to God and humble ourselves and humble ourselves that God wouldn't resist our prayers. How many have been praying and waiting on an answer? Is it your ego? Is it your pride getting in the way? We learned yesterday a lot about ego and pride and, and different things. So today it brings me to Mark on our second part of this series. Mark chapter 7. Got my Bible? God is good. Number two, pride defiles man. Pride defiles man. One day the Pharisees and the teachers of religious laws arrived from Jerusalem to confront Jesus, verse 1. They noticed that some of Jesus' disciples failed to follow the usual Jew, Jewish ritual of washing hands before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they had poured water over their cupped hands as a requirement by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they eat nothing before they, from the market unless they have washed it with water. This is but of many traditions they have clung to, and many ceremonies like washing cups, pictures, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of religious laws asked Jesus, 
Why don't your disciples follow our old age customs? For they eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony. Jesus replied, and I love this word, you hypocrites. Isaiah was prophesying about you when he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. A man who has a defiled heart, they honor God with their lips, but their heart says otherwise. What does that say, Brother Mark? The word hypocrite is found there. People who live one way, say one thing, but they do another. It's like having a Christian company, but the owner is not a Christian in his actions. It's like saying you have a Christian marriage, but your marriage does not honor God in every area of your marriage. It defiles man, the Bible says. I hope somebody's taking notes here because this is good stuff. Pride defiles man. We are born with pride and it defiles us from our heart. Let me keep reading there real quick. Verse 9 says, Then he said, You reject God's law in order to hold on to your own traditions. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I vowed to give to God what I could have given to you. You let them disregard their needy parents. As such, you break the laws of God in order to protect your own traditions. And this is only one example. There are many other examples. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. He said, all of you listen. Touch say, say all you listen. He said, all of you listen. I love that. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said. And try to understand. You are not defied by what you eat. You are defied but what you say and do. Then Jesus went into the house to get away from the crowds, and his disciples asked him what he meant by this statement he had made. Don't you understand either, he asked. Can't you see that what you eat won't defile you? Food doesn't come in, food, food doesn't come in contact with your heart, but only passes through the stomach, then comes out again. Verse 20, and then he added, it is through life that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immortality, thievery, murder, adultery. He said, this is coming out of your heart. For within, out of a person's heart, Comes evil thought, sexual immortality, thievery, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceitfulness, lust, pleasure, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defiles you and makes you unacceptable to God. If you got those things in your life, you're unacceptable to God. That's English. It's written in red in my Bible. Was it in red in y'all's Bible? Because it was in red in my Bible. I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking about it. When, when we're born with pride, it defiles God. It, it, it takes away from what God wants to do in our life. It, it shows up. It shows up and it keeps us from, from letting God into those places that he wants to be in. 
Part two, number two, pride defiles man. What does defile mean, Pastor Mark? Makes us unclean, Todd. Makes us unclean. It makes us unclean. To, 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 it assaults ourselves. How many know that you can be sold in sin? It can consume your mind, body, and soul. Just ask anybody that's ever been addicted to something. Defiles, to make unclean, to spoil. Proverbs 21, 4. This is coming out of the Message Bible. I know a lot of people don't like that Bible, but I like what it says here. It says, it says arrogance and pride are the marks of the wicked. Mark 7, 21 says he went on. He says in the Message Bible, it comes out of a person. It pollutes them. It pollutes them with lust, thievery, murder, adultery, greed. Sounds like a lot of stuff we see on TV. But I don't think we just see it on TV, Cowboy Church. We see it in our own lives. When we boast up about something, we get prideful about something, we, we, it, it defiles us, it souls us, it captures us. I don't know why God wanted me to tell this story this morning, but then I began to realize that uh, uh, Robert and Kim are going to be here this morning, and you need to hear this story because I, I want to say this to you. Even the best can look the best, play the best part, know the Bible, go to church all the time, but they got secret sins that defile them. Am I speaking this morning where you hear me? Amen. I had a couple one time, very dear friends of mine and my wife at our church back home. They were just a great Christian couple. They loved God. They were there every Sunday. The man was an elder in the church. The lady was teaching Sunday school. Man, we looked up to them. Not only did we look up to them, we were baby Christians, Rex. So we started following them. What they did, we did. Where they went, we went. What they said and how they acted, we acted. Man, they were great role models for us to follow. We were just great friends and rocking right along, growing together in Christ. I thought we were growing but they were pretending. We were growing. They were just going through the motions. One day the wife calls me and says, Brother Mark, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, what's going on? Well, can, can I talk to you in private where it's just between me and you? And I said, yeah. I said, I, said, I don't mind you. I, I, I'll keep it between us. I called my wife and said, uh, this lady, wants, I, I'll just call her Chris. She wants to talk to us. She, she wants to speak to us. And, and, and Mary said, okay. When I showed up with Mary, she got a little uncomfortable because Mary was going to the same place as she was. She was in the same Sunday school that she was. She was, she was, she was, she was always spending time with her. She said, well, I guess you both just need to know this. She said, my husband is addicted to pornography. And it's consumed him. Now, now watch this. This is what the devil does. He lets you take one look, and then you like what you see, and he gives you more looks and more looks and more looks and more looks. And it starts to consume you. It starts to soil you. And, and, and I said, well, what can we do to help? Would you talk to him? Yeah, I'll talk to him. And then I thought, what did I just say? 
How do you approach somebody that you look up to, that you admire, that you're learning from, and here you found out that they got this going on in your life? What am I going to say? And then I, the devil started convicting me that I'm not even good enough to speak to him. Can I say this to you today? If you got a friend and you're walking with God and you're right with God, the Bible says get the sawdust out of your eye before you get the two by four out of your friend's eye. You know, whatever that says. But... But the devil started saying, I wasn't worthy to talk to him. I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to talk to him. I didn't know enough to talk to him. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, if you don't talk to him, he's going to die and go to hell. But he's saved. I don't know if you're saved or not this morning. That's between you and God. Nobody knows if you're saved. Just God. I said, God, you want me to talk to him about his salvation? He said that and other things. So I took him to lunch. It was the hardest day of my life. I'm going to be honest with you. I was just a baby Christian. I didn't know what I was going to say. I was prayed up. I had scripture. I had it all in my head. And when I got there, I couldn't remember any of those scriptures that I had read and studied. But Vicki, I just looked him in his eyes the way I look a lot of you in your eyes. And I said, brother, if you don't get right with God, then you're going to lose your wife. You're going to lose your home. You're going to lose your children. He had kids. He had a wife. He had a home. And he had a business. He said, man, it's not that bad. I said, just a little bit. What do you mean it's not that bad? And then it just came back to, I said, remember Lot's wife? She just wanted a little look back. And look what God did to her. He destroyed her. I said, you got to change. You got to change. He said, I'm going to change. I said, well, I'll be your accountability partner. He said, man, that sounds great. I said, I will never judge you. You can talk to me. I'll talk to you. You know, when you got accountability partner, you kind of put your business out there too. So I was putting my business out there, and he was telling me it was okay. And then my phone rings, ring, ring, ring. Pastor, he's doing it again. No, he ain't. He's my accountability partner. We're doing, we talk every day. I caught him again. I wasn't afraid to confront him again. I said, what are you going to do? You're just going to keep doing this till it destroys your whole life. Does anybody hear me today? Can you hear me cooping? I ain't yelling at I hear myself. Great. I said, are you going to keep, keep doing this till it destroys your life? He broke down in tears and said, what can I do? There comes a time where sometimes you've got to confront your sins. He broke down in tears and he said, what can I do? I said, number one, you can put a lock on your computer. I said, they got these things for guys with these addictions. I'm not addicted. Whatever, you're doing it again. That's an addiction. I said, you got a problem. He said, what can I do? I said, you can pay the $59 or the $69, and you can get this lock onto your computer. He said, well, I don't know if I, I really need to do that. I said, okay, oh, here's another thing you can do. Okay, tell me what else I can do. You can go home, you can pack up all your junk, and you can move out, because that's the advice I'm going to tell your wife. I'm going to tell her to change the locks on the door and get your behind out of there because you're lusting after other women. And the Bible says if you lust with your eyes and your heart, you've already committed adultery. Because God's laws are serious business. Does anybody get this this morning? 
So he said, you think I really need to do that? I said, I think you really need to do that. I left there. He said he was going to do it. He never did. Now he's soiled. You know what I'm saying? This will consume you. It'll destroy you. Next thing you know, about a week or two later, ring, 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 ring. I said, hey, how's it going? Pastor Mark, you're not going to believe what I did. I said, what you did? She said, I caught him in the act. What she did is she made up a fake little profile with somebody else's picture and agreed to meet him at a certain place. And when he showed up at that certain hotel, guess who was waiting on him? His wife was waiting on him. That ain't funny. It ain't funny. It ain't funny. It destroyed him. Then the Lord, then the Lord couldn't get into that place. You know, sometimes we let the devil get us with our pride, and then the Lord has trouble getting back into that place that we just gave away. Does that make sense to anybody this morning? It's English, easy to understand, but hard to swallow. He was so embarrassed. He was so humiliated. There was no remorse anymore. There was no trying anymore. He was a failure in his own eyes. He had guilt in his own eyes. He, he had messed up beyond messed up, and there was no hope for him. He moved out of the house and moved into one of those FEMA trailers. I went over there and I knocked on the door. And he didn't answer at first. But I'm pushy as a son of a gun. <laughs> I said, man, open up, dude. And man, he was just broken into a million pieces. He said, she's done with me. Why did I let it go so far? I said, because of your pride, because you've allowed this to soil you, you've allowed it to destroy you, because out of our heart comes our desires. If you want to be a good person, it'll start right here. If you want to be a good husband, it'll start right here. Oh, watch this, ladies. If you want to be a good wife, it'll start right here in your heart. If you want to follow God's laws, it don't start by walking the walk and talking the talk. It starts right here in your heart. If you want to change, it starts right here in your heart. When I allowed God into my heart, that's when my life began to change. I looked at him and I said, brother, you've never, ever really allowed God into your heart, have you? And man, he just broke down. He said, I want to give God my heart. I said, let's do it right now. And we knelt down on that FEMA trailer floor. And he was crying and I was crying. And he accepted Jesus Christ, 53 years old, Sunday school teacher, elder, wife, leaders in the church. He accepted Jesus Christ into his heart. He said, what am I going to do now? I said, you're going to do what every great Christian does. He said, what's that? I said, get up and put one foot in front of the other. I said, I said, I believe there's hope for your marriage. He said, I don't even want a computer. I said, well, then go home and chunk it out in the trash. 
I said, I, heard, I watched this movie one time called Fireproof. Why don't you take your wife on a date night and watch this movie? Man, God began to go to work. God began to restore. And like Robert and Kim, they have one of the strongest marriages alive today. But what it started with was a heart change. Because if it's wicked in our heart, if, if we defile God, if we don't let him in those places, then you're still going to be having envy and jealousy and murder and hate all locked up inside here. God wants to be all up inside of here. He don't want those things in our heart. So I'm going to ask you today to give God your heart like my friend did. King James Version says, For from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds evil thoughts, adultery, fornication, murder, thievery, contentness, wickedness, deceitfulness, lawlessness, and evil and I, blasphemy, and pride, and foolishness. He told me, he said, I watched that movie. And I looked over, and I, he said, man, this just got me. This just got me right here. He said, I was watching that movie with my wife, that fireproof thing. And I was looking, I was just watching another movie until I looked at her, and she was bawling. See, she'd been praying for restoration. She had been praying for recovery, for reconciliation. She loved him. And she wanted God to save it and save him. Just like we love you at this church. And that's why we're doing all this and work so hard and get up here and suck water out and work hard in the rain. Our men worked so diligently yesterday in the rain. Because we want you to know the love of the Father. And we want you to let him in your heart. So I ask you, if you've never done that today, or even if you've done it like my friend, and you're going through the motions, but let's pray together. Rex, would you come play? Richard, would you come play on those keyboards? I don't have an altar this morning because I ripped that thing out. But would be there anyone this morning that would get up and come down and kneel down and say, God, I've been defiling you in some areas of my life, and I want to be right with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As they begin to play this morning, don't let the water stop you. Come, come right now. Get up where you are. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Get right with God right now. Come on, come on. Amen. Get up. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. It's not just about marriages. It's about our lives, being right with God. Because there's days I have bad thoughts. Come on, right now. Would there be anyone like Brother Job just... Not caring what anybody else thinks. Just going to let it all go. Take your time with God right now as they play and sing.
That's right, come. Come on, come on right now. All creation I sing is to the King of Kings. Thank you, Lord. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Come on, don't let nothing stop you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's right. All creation I sing praise to the King of Kings because you are my everything that we adore. Now, if there's somebody that you're praying for to come, come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Would you come to the altar? If you're praying for somebody, been praying for somebody, you're praying for another couple, come right now. Come to the altar right now and say, Lord, I'm coming. I'm praying for thee. I'm going to intercede, Lord. I'm coming to the altar. I've been praying for my brother. I've been praying for my friend. I've been praying for my secretary. Come right now. Come on now. Maybe you got a kid that's gotten away from God. Wasn't is is to come. Oh creation I sing. Praise to yes. my King of King. Cause you are my everything. And I will adore you, Lord. We'll adore you. Lord, get rid of these evil thoughts out of our hearts. This wickedness Praise in our bodies, Lord. The King of Kings. Deliver us yeah. from it right now, in Jesus' name. Father, we come. We come, we fall down on our knees, we humble ourselves before you. That we may be right in your sight, Lord. Not caring about what other people think. Just right in your sights, Lord. Father, we call on you to help us in this area today. Because we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. We need help, Lord. Lord, we call on you to help us. Come on, somebody hear me this morning. Help us in every area of our life. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We ask if there's anybody here that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior that they would pray with us right now. Be real still, be real quiet. Let that person pray with me right now. Just ask Jesus into your heart. If you want a new change, a new life, you gotta let Jesus in. If you want a life of eternity, not condemnation, you gotta let Jesus in. Pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. I know that I'm a sinner. But I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you died on that cross. But three days later, you rose. That's the most important part. By faith, you got to say, Lord, come into my heart and live. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that with me, let me see your hands. Just slip it up real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Praise God this morning. 
Glory to God. Bless this place right now. If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord by coming and saying, Lord, I rededicate my life to you today. Some of these things, Brother Mark and Robert and Kim touched on are some of the things I've been going through. I love you, Lord. I know if I died, I'm going to go to heaven. But, Lord, I got some areas I want to be right. These places, I need to get them out of my heart. Yes. Let the Lord in right now. Just rededicate your life to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you today. This Memorial Day weekend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Lord God, all.